So today, as I'm with you today, um, as we do every uh, first Sunday of the year, we will give our theme for this month, I mean, for this year. Um, moving from last year, our theme was growing to reach the lost. I think we did a great job and really practical application of going out and reaching the lost, which that will never stop. We're going to continue to do that because that is the commission of God has commissioned the church and the people of God to do. But on this Sunday, as I lay before you, our theme of Clinton Baptist Church for this year is um, the theme is growing in unity. Growing in unity. This year, our green, our theme for the year is growing in unity. Let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being God. Thank you for being great. Thank you for being forgiving and loving, a redeemer, Lord God. Thank you for waking us up this morning. There are so many people who have plans to come or to do something today that did not wake up to experience. But you led us and you touched us to come forward. You've given us a reasonable portion of health, Lord God, a reasonable portion of, of mentality where we can have our mind right, where we can come and worship you. So we come here today to sit at your table, to sit at your feet, where we may grow in you, where we may learn in you, and we may be new in you, Lord God. There's some, Lord God, that need to be rebuked. There's some that need to be chastised. There's some that need to be encouraged to continue to live for you. But wherever we are, Lord God, in whatever state we're in, whether we're spiritually alive or spiritually dead, Lord God, we ask that you show up, that we may be connected to you. We need you, Lord God. You are needed. There's no way we can make it without you. I need you, Holy Spirit, to preach your word. I am nothing. I only exist because you allow me to. And I come before you, Lord God, to lay out what you have placed on my heart. Get our minds, our hearts, and our attitude prepared to hear the word that you have placed in my heart to preach before us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today, we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for tuning in. Thank you for the, the Graves family. I also lift up um, all those who are struggling and, um, and experiencing COVID at this time. We know it's going, um, the, the rise is rising, and I'm just, um, just, just asking God just to relieve us. Give us, send us to Gosha. Anybody know the scripture? In, in, I mean, in, um, when they were going through, um, through troubling times, through the the um, the plagues in, in Egypt, God put his people in, in Gosha. So as all the plagues was going, he put his people in Gosha that they may be protected while all the plagues was going on. God, I ask that you put us in Gosha, Lord God. Put us in Gosha. Let your will and your way be done, but keep your people, and I thank you for allowing us to be kept. So we in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today. We're in one verse, one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're in verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. It says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you but that you perfectly join together 
in the same mind and in the same judgment. On this morning, as we uh, look at our theme, growing in unity, I want to speak to you from the topic or preach to you from the topic, a call to unity. A call to unity. A call to unity. As a new ministry, we have been powered by the Holy Spirit and have seen the favor of God do some awesome things. Some, some, pretty, some pretty cool things, as a matter of fact. We have, we have seen God do some amazing things in the ministry of Clinton Baptist Church. But as we all know, that there can be a halt to ministry or disruption to ministry and the appointment that God has placed on us when division comes. As a, as a young church, and I mean as a young church, I've only been here two years as a young church and gathered together, we, we, we have to be uh, visual that we do not allow division to come in. Right now with our core group of people, we are, we are doing a great job of, of monitoring and protecting the, 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 the branch of Zion that God has placed us in, but as we grow spiritually, as we grow numerically, we gotta be careful that we we don't we 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 be careful that we be vigilant that division do not occur. We we see and we witness in real time right now how disunity and division. has plagued the United States and our government. We see the division that, that, that we have in this country with, with, with political parties and with, with, with officials and, and congressmen and senators and mayors and, and councilmen. We see the division has destroyed the United States. As a matter of fact, we all have witnessed the destruction of division in marriages because marriages are not on the same page because there's so much division between the husband and the wife. Families are now being destroyed because of division. We have seen the, the destruction of, of division in friendships. Remember that, that friend you had for a long time. Now you're not even speaking to each other no more. You can't stand to be in the same room because some kind of disunity or division had creeped in your relationship. We, we witness and we see division happening in our own personal family among siblings, where your siblings have said something wrong or, or did something wrong or, or, or some kind of division or disunity have occurred and now you all are not even talking and now we all can't even get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, can't get over the house to celebrate anything because division has crept in. We see and we witness Division in our businesses. Businesses break up, start off good, start off on the same page, but then division come in and destroy businesses. We witness and we see the destruction of division all over the United States and all over our world, whether it's your family, whether it's schools, whether it's business, whether it's your job, whether it's your, uh, with your brothers and sisters, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your church. 
We have witnesses, witness church splits because of division. And Paul here, he, he, he addresses this issue in the church of Corinth head on. He, he doesn't shy away for, uh, from this, this, this problem that is happening in the church of Corinth. And, and, and what is so amazing about this, Corinth, uh, the, the book of Corinthians only have 16 chapters, and Paul takes the first four chapters to deal with division. This is a great problem in the church. Whether it's coming from outside of the church or inside of the church. But Paul is, 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 is addressing this problem here in the text. And as we move forward, as we grow, as things change, we got to make sure we guard ununity, disunity. We got to make sure we guard division in the church that we may be the church that God has called us to be. Paul addresses this issue. There's a big problem in division in the church. And Paul comes now and he addresses this issue. Paul starts off this letter in verses 1 through 9, and he gives this, this great introduction and this great uh, greeting to the people in Corinth. He tells them how they're in the Lord and, and how, how great God is and how the grace of God is on a life. And he tells them, peace be to you. And, and how good God is and how awesome God is. And now he comes in verse 10 and he addressed this issue of division. As we look today and I preach to you from a topic, a call to unity. The first thing we see in the first part of this text is the plea for unity. Look what he says. Paul says right here in verse number 10, A, he says, now I plead with you, brethren. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul, now he extends to them. He pleads to them for unity. He says, Paul says, I, I plead to you. I, I, I plead to you. I, I appeal to you. Some scriptures says that he exhorted them. Some texts, I mean, um, some um, other uh, Bible translations say he exhorted them. He, he appealed to them. He, he plead with them to be unified. Paul, Paul comes and said, I plead to you that you all experience unity, that you all live together as one. He says, I plead with you, Paul, plead with them. He appealed to them that, 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 that unity must be examined, that unity must be, be practiced. He plead with them. He, he begged them to be unified. Now, this is interesting because Paul is talking to believers. Paul is not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to the church of God. He's talking to the believers who surrender their life to Jesus Christ. He's talking to the blood-washed Christians. And he plead with them to have unity in the house of God. And he pleads to them. He said, I plead with you. Paul is begging them. He pleading with them. And what I found interesting in my study with this Deacon Dixon is that 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 Paul don't command unity. He plead with them to have unity. He he don't command it. The Bible don't command that we have unity. And 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 I I'm, I may be stretching it a little bit. I may be stretching it a little bit. I'm not a big time preacher, so I can't stretch too much like them other guys do. But I I can't I can't I may be stretching a little bit. But I think that the reason why he don't command it because he know that the body of Christ should know this. 
The body of Christ should know that, that, that it shouldn't be division amongst one another. So he pleaded with them. He begged them to have unity. He begged them. He begged them. And in this, as we see, as a call to unity and his plea to be unified or this plea for unity, he begs them that to have unity, but then he gives a reason why they should have unity. Look what he says. He says, I plead with you, brethren. He says, I, I plead with you, brethren. That word brethren is a term of endearment. It, it, it means those saints. It means those Christians. It means those uh, believers. He says basically what he's saying in layman terms, I plead with you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Here it is. Here it is. He said, this is why you should have unity, because you are brothers and sisters in Christ. This is why we should be unified. This is why it should be no division because every single one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior are brothers and sisters in Christ. And because we are connected by the blood of Jesus Christ, because we are in the family of God and in the kingdom of God, there should be unity amongst us. Said that we are connected. We are connected in the body of Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul pleads to them. He pleads to them. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Look at 1 Corinthians, turn over. You know, y'all usually don't ask y'all to turn over, but I, I just want to give some scriptures to support my point, how he talks about they being connected in brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, for as the body is one and as many members but all the members, I mean, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. He says, although we got many members, just like your body got many members, it represents one body. We got many members. We got fingers. We got toes. We got lips. We got nose. We got organs. We got all these members working in our body together, but it represents one body. And he says that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. Please have unity. He plead with them and he said, here's the reason. He said, the reason why we should have unity because we are one. We are one in Christ. It shouldn't be no division. Why in the world do we have brothers and sisters fighting each other and killing each other and can't get along? And you by the same blood, whether it's by the blood of your mother or the blood of your daddy. And he says that this is why we need to have unity is because we are connected in Christ with the blood of Jesus Christ. So he pleads with them, and then he tells them why they should have unity. He says, number one, you should have unity because you are brothers, because you are brothers and sisters in Christ. Then he tells them, you should have unity because Jesus is Lord. Look what he says. He says right here in verse number 10, he says, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he gives all the titles for Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, here it is, the reason why there should be unity among us, not only because we brothers and sisters in Christ, because Jesus is our Lord. 
He says, when you accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we didn't accept him just as our Savior. We accept him as our Lord. So that means he reigned and ruled over our life. That means our life belongs to him and not to us. And we can't do what we want to do. We have to surrender to him. And because he is Lord, we need to have unity. Because in Christ, there's no, there's no disunity. In Christ, there's no division. There's only unity in Christ. So he says we, we, are, we should be unified because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. He says we should be unified because Jesus is Lord. Because Jesus is the Lord. He is Lord over everything. We are no longer to do what we want to do. We are no longer to, to act like we want to act. He is Lord over everything. He reigns and rules over the body of God. He reigns and rules over the kingdom. He is the head. He is the master. He is the alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. And because he is Lord, we have to surrender to him. And surrendering to him has no division. So he says, Paul pleads for unity in his call of unity. He pleads for unity. He said we have to have unity because we brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we brothers and sisters in Christ. Because Jesus is Lord. He's the head of everything. And because he's Lord and because he reigned, it should be unity in his kingdom. So being in the kingdom of God, we, we, we ought to have unity. And then he says another thing as he calls us to unity. We see the first part. He pleads for us, plead for unity. And the second part, he gives us practical steps to, uh, to unity. Practical steps, I mean, practical steps for unity. He, he, in the second part, look at this. He gives us the practical steps. Look what he says in the, in the latter part of verse 10. He says, in the latter part of verse 10, he says, and that there be no he says in the latter part right here, he said that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Look what he do now. Now what he do is he gives us practical steps for unity. Paul said he pleaded with them for unity, and he tells them why he should have unity, and now he's giving them practical steps of how unity should be done. Wow, that's good. So Paul don't leave us there and just say, be unified. Paul says, now here's some practical application of how to be unified. He said the first thing in, in, in having unity, he said the first thing is that we got to speak the same language. He said that, that we all got to be on the same page. Oh, this, this is, I, 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 know, I know this is just a regular old message, but I, I really want to help you out here because whoever have children, you know that if you and your baby father or your baby mother or your husband or your co-parenting situation adopted, fostered, or whatever, if you all ain't on the same page, it's going to be a problem. I mean, come on now. Y'all got kids. Y'all know. If you all are not on the same page, those little rascals going to have your house divided. And I know I have a blended family. I know they try to work every angle 
They can work to try to get mommy to say yes to what daddy already said no to, or get daddy to say yes what mommy already said no to. They try to play you against each other and say daddy is better than you, mom, and mom is you better than daddy, and daddy give me this, and mom, I remember my older daughter came home from her mother house who live in Richmond. She, she We raised her, but she went to her mother house in Richmond. She said, when I get to my mother house, I, I got a lot of stuff when I go over there. I said, yeah, that's because you only go once a year. So you ain't gonna make us feel bad. I'm just letting you know what I'm saying. You boy there come in and try to divide stuff. And he says, if you're gonna have division, I mean, if you're gonna have unity, you gotta speak the same language. You got you gotta speak the same language. Me and Jeanette may not agree. We may not agree with each other, but when we get in the bedroom, we'll talk about it. But in front of y'all jokers, we together. We gonna stand strong one-on-one. And whatever daddy say, daddy say. Whatever mommy say, mommy say guess what but when we get in the bedroom you know you were wrong right you know you shouldn't have said that i would have let him go i don't know but in front we are together and he says if you're gonna have unity as a church we gotta speak the same language we gotta have the same lingo we gotta have the same dialect we need to talk the same thing because if you don't division will creep in says he says here's the practice step you gotta speak the same language this is why when you join Clinton Baptist Church, before you become a full member, you have to go through new members class. You have to go through new members class. And when I came here two years ago, the first thing I taught in Bible study was the doctrine we believe as a church. That's important. So I want you to know, some of y'all probably forgot it. Some of y'all probably breezed through and that's okay. But I want you to know what we believe here as a church. So when people come in and try to say some crazy stuff, you say, hold on, shut that down. No, no, no. We ain't having that up in here because this is what we believe and we speak in the same thing. And there have been some people who have joined Clinton Baptist Church and went through all the new members class and got in there and said, hey, I don't believe in this. And I say, okay. Thank you so much. Well, you can be a visitor, but you can't be a member here because you don't believe what we say, what, what the Bible said, not what we say, what the Bible interprets that we believe in the doctrine, then you can't be here. You can't be a member because the vision is going to come in. And he says that as a church, you got to speak the same language. In your home, you got to speak the same language. At your business, you got to speak the same language. If you got a business partner ain't speaking the same language, then it ain't going to work. I don't care if you're in a relationship and you ain't speaking the same language. It's not going to work. He says, so if we're going to have unity, we got to speak the same thing. He says, we got to speak the same thing. Now watch this. He says, we got to speak the same thing doctrinally. We got to speak the doctrine of the church or what we believe. And the most segregated people in the world is the church. The most disunity. Un, what, what, disunity is that the word disunity help me out y'all don't none of y'all know either well we're gonna make it up disunity of the church is that you all that that they believe that that they they, they that y'all didn't mess me up because y'all don't know the word i'm i'm counting on y'all and y'all don't know it even thank you uh, okay they put it in the text now i'm joking but anyway he, he says that the, the the most body of of of, of division is in the church it's disunity. He says, look, we got to have the same doctrine. We're going we're gonna to speak the same thing in the gospel. We got to have the same gospel story. That Jesus Christ came from a virgin named Murray. That he was born in Bethlehem. 
that he lived for 33 years without sin. He had three years of ministry, his last three years, and then he died. He was beat all night, and he was broken and, and bruised for your sins and my sins, and then he died on a cross. And on a cross, he died, and they put him in a bar tomb. And then after they put him in a bar tomb, he rose in three days to come back to life. He rose with all power in his hands, and he resurrected up from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father. We got to speak the same gospel. We got to speak the same gospel. Says if we're going to have unity, we got we to gotta speak the same thing. Here's the practical step. This is not only for the church. I'm trying to help us in our family. This is for our family. We got to be on the same page. Have a meeting with your family and let them know here is where we going. So the children know where we going. See, the problem with it is that we don't tell the children where we going. And then next thing you know, they, they somewhere else. You're like, no, nah, we ain't going here. We going here. Ma, I ain't know you wanted me to go to college, huh? How you not know that? You've got to speak the same language. He said, so we got to speak the same language. Here's the practical steps of unity. He said, we got to speak the same language, whether it's in the church, whether it's outside the church, whether it's in your business, your community, whether it's in your household, whether it's in your marriage, your relationship, we got to speak the same language. And the second thing he tells us is, is, is the practical step is he says that we got to abandon division. Look what he says. He says that we, we have to abandon division. Look what he says. He says, speak the same thing and that there's no division among you. He says that we got to abandon division. He says, here's the practical step. In your relationship, in your friendship, in the body of Christ, we have to abandon division. Now, this word division actually means scheme or rant or, or ripped away. It, it actually means like someone coming to to scheme and, and, and to come with an undercurrent to, to cause division and shake up some stuff to, to mess up something. So he says that we, we, have to, we have to abandon division. We have to abandon division. How do we abandon division? We got to stop it. We got to stop division. We got to stop it. When you see it's happening, we got to stop. Hey, look, we ain't having that. We ain't, we ain't going there. Nope, nope, nope. You ain't going to talk behind the pastor's back. Nope, 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 nope. If you got something wrong with the pastor, you need to call the pastor. We're not going to talk about each other. No, we're not going to do that. Nope, nope, no. Nope. We're going to stop it because guess what? We don't want to have division. He says that you got to abandon division. Don't foster division. Some of us hear stuff and continue to foster it and talk about it and go tell the next person. No, no he says that you got to abandon division. It should not be among you. We got to abandon division. We got to abandon it. No, we're not having that. This is not going to happen. Jesus Christ says in the synoptic gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he said a house is divided, cannot stand. He said it cannot stand. There's no way it can make it if it ain't unity in the house of God. Is the house of God going to flourish? Is the house of God going to be uh, powerful? Is the house of God going to be the light to the community? Is the house of God going to be the life of the community? We have to abandon division. Now, that doesn't mean we got to like each other. That doesn't mean we got to agree with everything someone says. But guess what? We have a common goal and our common practice is to glorify God. So you got to work in that relationship to glorify God, whether you agree with them or not. Guess what? I don't agree with you, but I see what you're saying. And we're going to move forward to get this thing accomplished. 
We got to abandon division. That's why we have so many divorces. That's why we have so many broken homes, so many co-parenting. Because we're not on the same page. We're not speaking the same thing. And watch this. And division come in. So he says that here's the practical step. If we're going to have unity, we got to speak the same thing. And then he says we got to abandon division. And the third thing he says that if we're going to, we're going to uh, have, uh, he says in, in these practical steps of unity, we have to speak the same thing. We have to abandon uh, div uh, division, and he says the third thing, we got to be knit together. He says that, that we have to be knit together. We, we have to be knit together in mind and in thought or judgment. He says that we got to be knitted together. Now, this, this word knit together, this, this phrase here, knitted together, actually means um, perfectly together. It actually means to be knitted together, and it's talk about when Jesus uh, disciples was on a boat and they was and they were taking their nets and they was knitting their nets together so they can go out and fish. You remember that story in the gospel where they was hanging they had their nets off the side of the boat and they were knitting their nets together to fish. See, 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 you 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 have to be knitted together to have to be perfect and joined together for the kingdom of God. So he says that if we going to have unity, here's the last step that we need to be knitted together perfectly. He said that we need to be twined together. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, I thought about this, but I, I forgot about it. So I'm just going to try to use this. I'll try to use this string right here on my mask. What, what makes this, this string strong is not, uh, not because of the material that makes it strong. The string that we have here is not strong because of the material. The, the, the material is very uh, flexible, um, and, and it, it doesn't make it strong because it's good material. What makes it strong is because it's knitted together. It's, it's fiber after fiber after fiber after fiber after fiber after fiber after fiber, and that's pretty much all I can see, but I'm sure it's more fiber, that is winded and twined together to make it, give it the strength that it needs. So he says when we perfectly join together, we need to be twined together. We need to be wrapped together. We need to be perfectly joined together that we are unbreakable, that we can't be divided. Guess what? It's going to be hard to divide me because you're going to have to have some great surgeons to come try to pull me apart and put me back together. He says that you got to be perfectly knit together. The body of Christ got to be on one page that we knit together that when the enemy come and try to bring division, it won't happen. That when the enemy try to come in your, in your household and bring division, it won't happen because all of us are standing together. All of us are winding together and twining inside out and we so twined together that we are Unbreakable. Do we have any unbreakable people here? Clint Baptist Church, will you be unbreakable that we will not be divided, that we will stand in unity, that we will stand in the will of God, that God will be our Lord, that he will be our head, that we'll be unified in him. Devil, you will not destroy this church. Devil, you will not destroy that home. Devil, you will not destroy that marriage. Devil, you will not destroy that believer in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you because we are unified and there's no division in us. It says that we perfectly join together. Mm. Perfectly join together. Just get that picture in your head. We are perfectly joined together. 
perfectly, perfectly joined together. That we so perfectly joined together that we are unbreakable. You cannot separate us. It don't matter how sharp the scalpel is. It don't matter how intelligent the surgeon is. It don't matter how good the glasses is. We cannot be separated because we are perfectly joined together. And watch this. Paul don't stop there. He says because we need to be perfectly joined together in our mind. And he's not talking about our thinking. He's talking about our frame of mind. Philippians talk about have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. When we have the mind of Christ in us, we are unbreakable. Our frame of mind is on God, and we cannot be divided because we all have the same mind. And watch this. He says judgment in the, in, in the King James, but the NSAB and the ESV uh, translation says that our thoughts, that we are connected. We have one mind joined together. We are joined together in one mind and in one thought. And what's our thought? That Jesus Christ be exalted. So anything come in trying to divide Jesus Christ from being exalted. Oh, you got to get out the way. Let me move you right on out the way. Because this ain't about me. This ain't about Pastor Pew. This ain't about Clinton Baptist Church. This ain't about you. This is about the name of Jesus Christ. Because the scripture said if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men to him. The scripture says that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And his name is greater than any other name. This is about Jesus. And he says, when we are unified, look at what we can do. Look at the great work God is doing already. The cool things God is doing. What we have experienced in this last year. A gentleman came to one of our events and said, Pastor Pugh, you didn't only bring life and light to the church. He said, you brought life and light to the community. And if we be unified, it's no stopping. There's no stopping us. And like I say all the time, it wasn't me. It's the people who I have around me. Because we are connected and we are unified. Today, I just appeal to you. Let us grow in unity. And we will be challenged. We're going to be challenged. Because there are people going to come in who want to be a part of this church and who want to come and be members but they just don't understand about unity. So we're going to be patient with them, but we're going to stand in unity. We're going to be unified. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. As you stand on your feet, and for those who are on our virtual service, I just want to present to you the Lord of everything. The one who has control over everything. The one who has power over everything. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the first part of unity, start with you surrendering your life to him as your Lord and Savior. It's impossible to be unified if you don't know him. But this is a great opportunity. This is the first Sunday of the year. You said last year, I'm going to give my life to Christ. You said last year, I'm going to get back in church. But now it's a new year. This is your new opportunity.